0: Just a few days ago, the Lord reminded me of something uh, as I was watching this little study and being reminded of the Lord, felt that God would want me to present it to you uh, because I believe it's absolutely vital, and it's just something that kind of slips through our hands or our fingers, and we don't mean it to, but it does. And so we're going to look at that, and hopefully by the time we get to the end, you will agree and you will do something about it. And we're going to start off with Numbers 13. Okay, we've got a little bit of a story to go through first as we get there, but you will see shortly. Numbers 13, starting with verse 1, simply says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers, Shall you send a man, every one a ruler, among them? And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. Now let's go down to starting with verse 17. Now God is talking about sending these people into the promised land to see how wonderful it is and how uh, many promises are there and that it is truly what God has proclaimed it to be. Verse 17 says, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and he said unto them, Get you up this way southward, and go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak. ...few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land... Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So he gives them all this information. This is why we're sending you in to the land, to see what it's all about, fat or lean, what the fruit is like, what the people are like, what the cities are like. Now, 40 days later, verse 25, and they returned from searching of the land. After 40 days... And they went and came to Moses, and to Aaron, and to all the congregation of the children of Israel, unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them, and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told told him, and said, We came unto the land, whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. That's the giants. And he goes on and says, The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. They control everything. They're everywhere. Numbers 13, 31 says this, But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw giants, the son of Enoch, which came of the giants. And we are in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So, the scouts come back, they finished their report and they turned it in. That is what they saw? Whether they land be fat, whether it be lean, the people small, few, many, strongholds, none would what and they came back and they finished this report and turned it in. But something strange happened. God got mad. ...and called it an evil report. And that's kind of... ...hard to understand. Well, this is what we saw. You told us to go in. They're giants. We're not going to lie. We did look like grasshoppers in them. And if you put a 10-foot man beside me... ...that's what I would say. He's huge. He's a giant. And there's many of them. In fact, they're in the north. And they're in the south. And they got all the popular places by the sea, and they control all the high courts, and the low courts, and all of Congress, they're everywhere. That's the report that they came back with, but God got upset, and he says in verse 32, and they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, the land through which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. Verse uh, Numbers 14, verse 11. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me, and how long will they not believe me, with all the signs which I have performed among them? I, listen, listen how God is not just a little displeased. Look what he says. I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them. I'm done with them. I'm through with them. Their salvation is over. That's what he said. And yet all they did was come back and report what they saw. So what was God mad at? The Lord said, I'm done with them. And if you just look at this on the surface and you'll... But but why? Why? All they did was tell the truth. This is their assessment of the land. This is what they saw. They are stronger than us. They do outnumber us. The cities are walled with huge stones. There's giants there. They have more weapons than us. Better weapons than us. And so, this sounds a lot like us today. The church today. America is changing. Society is changing. We live in a post-Christian era. Families are being destroyed. It looks hopeless. No one wants to come to church. Nobody wants to hear it. Christianity is declining. Isn't it true? It's true what I'm saying, so why did God call it an evil report? Listen, listen. He called it an evil report because the report had no faith mixed in it. No God in it. None. Just what we see. Just what we sense and we feel. We've got to get faith back in our prayers. We've got to get faith in believing God. That God, that nothing is impossible for God. They came back and told the truth. And yet God was hot. Because God poured into every one of us faith. Yes, we should see what it is. We're not going to walk around like fools did years ago saying, I'm not sick. (coughs) I don't have a cold. Blah, 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 blah. Trying to deny stuff. We're not going to look out there and say, it's wonderful. Everybody's a Christian. No, it's not. It's not wonderful. It is bad. And know there might be one or two of you trying to hang in there. Because in Numbers 1330, Caleb tried to quiet the people before Moses and said, No, 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 no. Let's go up now. Let's go up once and take it. For we are able to overcome it. But how many times are people like that shut down for being silly? You're just silly. Just fanatic, you're crazy. Hebrews 11:6 warns us, warns us, warns us. This is why God got angry. But without faith, it's absolutely impossible to please him. Without faith, And so you can see why now God was hot and why he was angry and why he was ready to say, I'm going to disinherit them. I'm done with them. Hot when we talk like that. Hot when we live faithless in this society that God has put us in. I just read this Facebook post hours before National Day of Prayer. And it goes like this sometimes when i hear people pray for our country i kind of wonder if they are reading the bible it's not going to get better i almost feel like why waste your breath why waste your breath listen the report is true but can't you hear the absence of faith in that statement faith the absence of faith and the result of no faith is why waste your breath forget it throw the towel in why resist anymore and so god was hot at those spies that came back with that report hot Displeased with the people who are supposed to know better who are called to walk by faith and not by <clears throat> it was kind of weird I saw that Facebook and I got my phone out and I was going <coughs> that's me texting by the way and this is exactly what I wanted to text, and then copy it and send it, but it just wouldn't work. Tried it three times, and it says, okay, God will forget that. But this is what I wanted to send. Luke 18 one said, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, not to give up. Why bother praying for America? Let's just hand it over to the devil. Let's just give it to him on a, on a plate. Here, do what you want with all the inhabitants, the 300 plus million that are in this nation. Here, take it. Do what you want. Why bother? Isn't that funny? You would think God would get hot at the constant heathen and sinners who deny him. Oh, he gets hot at and you. Too much is given much is required. Luke 18:8 8 says, nevertheless when the son of man come, shall he find faith on the earth? We have lost our faith. Now listen, listen, you got to listen. I'm not talking about having faith in faith. A few years back, we made faith a god. Are you understanding me? Oh, if you just had faith, you just squint harder, if you just believe it, if you just walk around that thing, if you just claim it. not having I'm not talking about having faith in faith. I'm talking about having faith in Almighty. Having faith in God. Having faith in the Word of God. Having faith, I don't care what that land looks like. God said, we're going to take it. And they came back with everything opposite. Even though they were telling the truth of what they saw, God was hot because there wasn't anybody saying, We can still do it, we can still take it. Oh, it's true. Our nation is messed up, America's messed up, Zanesville seems to be the hardest hearted rock ever known to man. But is there anybody still saying God can crack it? Hmm. Pastors are never going to come together, tried for twenty years. That comes from me. I say that. God gets hot. He gets hot. Now look, we need to start believing God again. And the Word and the Scriptures have been so twisted and confused. The church is facing huge mountains. I'm not denying that, and I'm not living in denial. Mark 11 tells us this, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. Not just have faith, have faith in God. You and I need to start being mountain movers. You and I need to start talking to mountains. You and I need to get back to facing the giants and forget about the movie. Start facing the true giants that are hindering the move of God in our area. That's stopping and fighting and coming against the things that God wants to do in this city and county and nation. Look what this scripture says. A powerful scripture, yet we've twisted it, and you'll see why in a minute. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain... Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. When are we done with that? We've consumed it on our own lust. If you're tired of your 2010 Chevy, you start asking God for a 2014 Chevy saying, Whatsoever I ask. And that scripture has nothing to do with that. Nothing whatsoever. This scripture has everything to do within the context of God's working out his kingdom. In where he's at, in Zanesville, in Ohio, furthering his kingdom, not so you can have a bigger car. And the prosperity gospel has come and twisted all this stuff. So all that you and I do now is pray for stuff. Better stuff, bigger stuff, more stuff. Verse 24 says, Therefore I say unto you, he's talking to you and I, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Again, the prosperity gospel has completely taken these verses out of context. Remember this. Remember this. The Word of God and what it says is not about you. He's not talking about you getting a better car or truck. He's talking about the work of Christ. If there are mountains hindering the move of the work of God in your area, speak to those mountains. You've got to get this. The context of these verses are true but only in the doing of the work of God. Listen, meaning this, when our value system is the same as God, God will start to move mountains. you understand that? When our prayers line up with the heart of God, He'll start to move mountains. Oh God, give us Saintsville! starting to line up as the righteous call out for a move of God on a lost city. When our pursuit, when our pursuit of God is that the name of Jesus Christ be glorified, God will take mountains and cast them in the sea so that his work can go marching on. But not that you can get that expensive Longer Burger basket. Or a new set of golf clubs. Well, my tires are getting kind of little. James tells us this. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. That's what's going on in our nation. I don't know if anybody's really, uh, for the longest time, now, now maybe just starting to, but for the longest time, we've just been consuming the gospel on ourselves. What God can do for us. When all through the word of God, it tells you to bring the sacrifice to the house of God. You bring it. Bring your best. Not come to get. Bring it. Bring your best to the house of God. But in America, it's been flip-flopped. And then we take these great scriptures that are telling you and I, there ain't a mountain big enough the devil can make to stop you and I. When we start to pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come against those demonic spirits over our city. That's what God That's what wakes God up. That's when God will start to split seas so that you can walk through and accomplish what God... That's when God will open up doors in this city that stays shut by demonic forces. When you and I start to understand truly this gospel is not about you. You know all you are. Now I know that God loves you and don't take this as a slam that you're nothing to God. We know that that's not true. But in God's eyes you're just a monkey wrench in his toolbox. You're a screwdriver. You're a chisel. You're a hammer. You're the tools that he needs to get the job done. That's what you should be. That should be your desire to be used by God. God, if you can use anything... Please use me, God. So it says, oh yeah, you've asked, but you don't receive a lick because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lusts. Listen, when we get ourselves out of the way, then everything that stands in the way, all these mountains have to get out of the way. When we come together and say, in the name of Christ, make away, way, God, make away, way, God. For his purpose. For his kingdom. Not for notoriety. Not to be filled to be filled sake. Here. You need to cry out to God. Those mountains of fear that are in us. You need boldness. Cry out to God, Lord, in the name of Christ. If you're going to use me, God, i got to have supernatural boldness. Lord, if you're going to use me, God, you've got to give me love for the lost. Lord, I don't have any love for them. God, if you're going to use me, Lord, help me to walk in power so I can put down habits that disgrace your name, God. In the name of Jesus, help me, God. That's what we're talking about. God, we need great doors open! And you and I are absolute candidates for God to be used by. Oh, we are. You and I are. You have the perfect qualifications. I being the chief. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. I qualify. And that's not... Pretending humility. It's not. That's after almost 40 years attempting to try to serve God. The longer I serve Him, the more I realize I can't. But God can do it through me. The foolish things of the world. To confound the wise. It's foolish to the world to come to church as many times as we do. It's foolish things to the church to have Sunday night church anymore. It's foolish. Why use up the electricity? It's logical. No faith in it. It's logical. Look, we have had 2,000 years of rich history, scripture, and testimonies proving that God is the God of the Bible. Thousands of years of history. Look, God's integrity is in question when His people become faithless. When you become faithless, you are pointing your finger in the face of God. You can't do it. You haven't done it yet. I don't believe you can do it. When you are faithless. Remember, we are told to have faith in God. Not faith in some simple five step rules to get what you want or some ten steps to this and walk around that and don't say it anymore only say it once means you don't have faith shut up seriously there is tremendous power sitting here but the enemy constantly keeps you in a stupor in a state of dumbness twisting scripture so we use it on ourselves while our nation is skidding off to hell we doubt him we don't believe his word we say stuff like this oh god god i know you've removed mountains but there has never been a mountain like this before there's never been a time like this before god And so we stick our finger in the face of God and said, you've done well in the past, buddy, but you've met your match. When you cannot have faith to believe that God can turn that around out there. Why pray anymore? Why waste your breath? Here's the greatest sin. That probably all of us are guilty of. Found in Psalm seventy-eight forty-one. It says, Yes, oh yes, they turned back and tempted God. Here it comes and limited the Holy One of Israel. Don't we? You can come out of this place shouting and spitting and hollering and before you get to your car you get a text. And it's like a pin in your balloon. All of a sudden, your God disappears with some text or something. Or you go home and your number one's flashing on your voice thing on your phone, and you play it back, and it's the doctor's office calling you and saying, Get a hold of us Monday. You're like, Oh, you're done. Pointing our finger in the face of God. Questioning. Becoming faithless. This should be a supernatural place. Where you line up with the word of God and the purpose of God and you command mountains. Get out of our way. Let's believe for an awakening of faith in God. Even tonight, Jesus said unto her, or unto us, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shalt see the glory of God. Believe what the Word of God says. I don't care what's happened in your life. John eleven forty says, Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shalt see the glory. God wants to reveal his glory to us. Mark 9 says, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. a huge word in that scripture. And it's if. If will cause you and I to act. Let's go for it. Let's have an call right now and cry out to God. Or, why waste your breath? So God says, if you'll believe this, if you I don't care what reports you get. I don't care what happens while you're sitting there. I don't care what goes on, what comes your way tomorrow. If you continue to hold this up and believe God. And quit manufacturing answers to prayer. Telling God how to do it, when to do it, and what way to do it. And let God be God. Somehow your tires will get paid for. Somehow the various things that you need will come your way as you put God first and believe that he wants to use you. Man, if, if you don't believe God wants to use you right now, this hour, you are most miserable. You're like the Jews going to the gas chamber. Just walking on waiting for your turn to get whacked. Having no faith. When was it? When, when Corey Tim Boone walking around with Bibles tied around her neck, probably not this big, believing God that the Nazis won't see it. And they didn't. Walked with the Bible wrapped around her neck. A lot of times made the women strip naked and run before them, and they never saw the Word of God. No big deal for God blinding their eyes to this. They're already blind to it. Where is that God? Where is He in this church? Where is he in our hearts? Will God find faith when he comes back? I told you all the time, my dad always told me, you're going to go down, boy, go down swinging. It took me a long time before I grew up physically to match the pitches that were coming. A lot of times I'd go back... And as long as I swung, there was always praise. Nice try. Way to go. Good cut. And that's what God's wanting from us. There are many mountains in the way of the church, like never before. Our nation is plummeting faster than it ever has. I know all that. But what is that to God? What is that to the Lord? Absolutely nothing. We, you and I, need to start lining up with the same value system God has. You need to find it in the Word of God. Quit walking around things and claiming them and start lining up with the Word of God and then going after it in prayer. Give me Zanesville. Can't do that? Give me one person at my job. Give me one, God, give me one. See what I mean? But kind of just falls through our fingers. We know this, and yet it just kind of falls through. And next thing you know, you listen more to O'Reilly than the Word of God. Listen, <laughs> I'll say this. To Hades, with all the statistics. You know a word I want to use, but it just sounds like I'm cussing. To Hades with all the statistics. The heck with them. They're faith killers. They absolutely put us in a stupor. Eight out of ten college students are going to leave their faith. Seven out of ten marriages in Muskingum County are doomed for divorce. One thousand churches are closed their, their doors every month. Enough already. Shut up. Seriously, it's attacking our faith, which is the key to the dunamis of God. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. To him that believeth. And I'm not coming up here and saying, come up here with your phony faith and believe. No, 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 this is just the start again. Of stirring yourself to start believing. Again, kicking yourself in the hind end. And if you can't, we'll have a different altar call. We all should be kicked. How can we not be believing this God? How can we be in this spiritual stupor? And the church is. Church is lost in itself. We've given up. Why waste your breath? 1 Kings 17 says, And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I don't have any cake. All I got is a handful of meal in a barrel. I don't have any great ability. I can't speak. I don't have any friends. I don't have any money. And a little oil in this cruise. And behold, this is what I'm going to do, pal. I'm going to gather two sticks... I'm going to go out and eat this and my son together, and we're going to drop dead and die. Why waste your breath? Why come out to another day at church, to a prayer meeting? Why bother? And Elijah said, Fear not. Isn't that interesting? Fear not. Go and do as thou said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make of thee and for thy son. What you do, do, but you do it for the work of God first, and then take care of yourself. Does that sound like scripture? Matthew 6 tells us, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You go ahead. You gather that little bit that you have, and you bring it, but you use it for the work of God first. By faith she had to do that. She didn't say oh, I'm almost gotta go into my savings. My 401's going down. That's it. That's all she had. I'm gonna go out and get two sticks, eat a piece of bread with my boy, and we're gonna die. Then verse 14 comes. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, if you do this, if you put God first, if you go after God before you, he said, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. You've got to have faith to believe that. And if you are faithless, you're sticking your bony little puny finger in the face of God and say uh uh you won't do that when God has commanded and said I'm no respecter of persons you and I put God on trial just like the Sanhedrin did he asked the widow to put her trust in this great promise of God Elijah, the prophet of God, sent by God, told this woman, go ahead, you do it, but you give it to God first. And your crews and oil will never run out. What's that sound like also? Never. As if God needs money for your car to have tires It's not only money, far from money, far from money, putting the work of God first over your work. And he asked the widow, this doesn't make any sense to us. All you calculators for brains, you know what? There's no app for this. Where's that faith app? What? I only got this little bit and this little bit just going to have these two sticks, light a little something, eat it, and die. What do you mean it's never? It's gone as soon as I use it for this. It makes no sense. It doesn't add up. But God says you are to walk by faith. Do not become a faithless church because then you'll say, why waste a breath? And we do that by our actions. Waste of time to come back on Sunday night. Waste of time to come on Wednesday. Waste of time to do this, waste of time to do that. Because we're becoming a faithless church, which makes no talk about an oxymoron. So goes on and says, So verse 15 says, So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Look, that is not to consume it on your own lust, or it would have run dry, and you'd have been dead by your son. But God sent the man of God and said, you use it for the work of God first. You line up your heart with the heart of God, and God will start blessing. Things that should run out, won't run out. Things that should break, won't break. Things that should be empty, won't be empty. (sighs) So that the kingdom of God can march on. Not your kingdom, the kingdom of God. This is about Christ, not about you. And that prosperity gospel has taken all this and we're trying to consume it on our own lusts and the church is getting weaker and weaker and faithless and faithless. No moves of God, no power of God. Hebrews 4.2 says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. The world is attempting, well, it is the world, I'll just say the, the church, a lot of the church in America is wanting you to use that great scripture to consume it on your own selves. Give a dollar and God will give you a hundred. Give a hundred, God will give you a thousand. You want to be debt free? Throw your wallet up, up here. Bring your bills up here. Nothing about the work of God. We have a hundred and some churches on the corner of Zanesville and making no impact on Zanesville. They had 120 people in the upper room turn the world upside down. The finger goes, we're becoming faithless. And we're supposed to be people of faith. Faithless. Well, O'Reilly said, Clinton's already the next president. Republicans are jerks. Democrats are crazy. Ripping God out of this, ripping God out of that. You know what? Why waste your breath? Go dig a cave, get your dried bananas, sing Kumbaya. Until he comes. Then the enemy just goes about doing what he wants. Because he's got the church, boom, in their caves. It's exactly. We've got to get our faith back. Get your faith back. Go find it. Search for it. Dig for it use your fingers and hands, claw for it, get it back. Get your faith back. Well, Pastor, I'm saved. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that stirring inside of you to start believing that the impossible is possible. Again. Instead of just, you come to church. Hallelujah, hallelujah, kumbaya. And then we leave. And we do it Sunday night. Hallelujah, hallelujah, kumbaya. And then we leave. And then we do it Wednesday. Show me five types of kumbaya, kumbaya, hallelujah. Then we leave. I'm telling you, we need to have this service one day. We need to all get up down here, one by one, run as hard as you can into that wall. I should probably go first. Bam! Boom! Next! Next! Last one, hits it, we'll say, wasn't that a good service? And out we go. You understand I'm silly, but you understand what I'm saying. Get your faith back. Find it. I don't know where yours is. Go find it. Get it back. It's probably sitting on the floor of that chair that you used to cry out to God with or fallen off the path in the woods that you would walk through and scream at God. Get it back. Find it. Philippians says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Another one, prosperity messed up. It's His riches according to His glory. And if his glory is to send you to Timbuktu, so be it. You know what they need over there is a good old screwdriver. Go. And off you go. And you tighten up all the loose nuts that are over there. How about 1 Samuel 22? David, therefore, departed fence and escaped to the cave of Abdullah. And when his brother and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. Okay? This is us. We're hiding in this cave. Now look. Look what it says. Look who followed him. This is you. If I'm David, and not saying anything equal to David. If I'm just a leader, and I go in the cave first, look who follows me. And everyone that was in distress... And everyone that was in debt, and everyone that was discontented, gathered themselves unto him, and he became a captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. Here we are, you and me in the cave of Abdullam, in debt, discontented, running for our lives, no track record, no faith, no power. Look, David had been through a lot when he went to that cave. He had a, he had a high of uh, immediate fame. David killed his 10,000. He had a recent marriage, dangers from the Philistines, repeated attempts on his life, a heartbreaking farewell from everyday life to live as a fugitive for who knows how long. Then David had a brief but intense period of backsliding. A dramatic turn to the Lord and deliverance from a life-threatening situation. Sounds like you and I. Ups and downs and ups and downs. And it caused him. When David left Gath, he praised God with... Uh, by, and, and, and in Psalms 34, David was pumped... But after all that wore off, he had a serious problem. He was sitting in a cave of Abdullah and said, What do I do now? And then here came all the misfits. Here we are again, sitting in the cave again, you and I. Debt, no track record of serving God, very good, very powerful for very long discontented with yourself, with me, with the world, with church, maybe even God, escape to the cave of Adullam. This was David's place of refuge. Listen, David couldn't go to his house. He couldn't go to the palace. He couldn't go to Samuel. He couldn't go to Jonathan. He couldn't go to the house of the Lord. He couldn't go to the ungodly, but he could go to a humble cave and find refuge. We can go to this cave and find our faith. Tonight, at the altar. The name Abdul, Cave Abdul, that name means refuge. And you know who wants to be your refuge tonight. And you are to run to him, in debt, discontented, sick of yourself, sick of everything. Run to him! Because those 400 misfits, something happened to them in that cave. Those four hundred men went in beaten, no strength, no might, no track record of serving God, in debt, but something happened in that cave. They came out mighty men of God, and God used them. First they ran to the refuge in their state of upheaval, in disbelief, in faithlessness. Run to it. And in that cave, as you call upon God, God will do something. God will do something. He will start to pour in what you need. By faith, you'll start to think sharper. You'll start to understand more. You'll start to believe. You'll start to have a stirring. And they came out, mighty men of God but you have to believe God tonight if you believe. And right now there are a billion voices running around in your mind and head coming against what I'm saying. Even as I speak, so is mine. Who wants to believe God tonight but not for selfish reasons? Not for that better job. Not to pay this bill. Not for a nicer car. But for the kingdom of God. God, all I got is this little cruise of oil and this little bit of meal. The American gospel, we would want God to make eight tons out of that and place it in your kitchen and... 3,000 gallons of oil. That's the American gospel. But what does the real gospel say? Use it on me. Use it for me, and I will take care of you. I promise. So the altar call, you're going to take that finger out of the face of God and say, oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God, that I've become faithless in this world, I live in. Who wants to come to the cave of Abdolom? Who wants to stand before God in this cave and say, Oh, God, I believe, help my unbelief. God, I used to cry out to you. Give me my voice back. Give me my spit back. God, I used to walk and wait for the unexpected to happen. Because I believed in you, Lord. Because you're a God of miracles and miraculous, God. There's not a thing you can't do, God. Lord, if I keep my eyes on you and if I line up with your way of thinking, God, things will happen. And God, when hindrances come, then I can come and cry out to God and say, get that mountain out of our way, God. And it will. If you're sitting out there and you're saying it's too late, It's absolutely too late for me. It's over. I've done this. I've done that. This has already happened. The axe head fell off. It's gone. Went down to the depths. What did the prophet do? Went over to a tree. Cut it down. Threw it in the water. And the brass heavy Axe head bobbed What's dead in your life? Dead, over, and lost, and you haven't been able to find it for years. Maybe it's your faith. If you come before God and ask God, I believe your axe head will pop up tonight. Let's dim these lights we're going to go in a different direction. We're going to ask you to come to the altar. And we're going to pray. I don't want you to kneel and hide somewhere. I want you to stand and we're going to go before the Lord. And we're going to ask God corporately as his church, as New Hope. New Hope cannot be faithless. We cannot be faithless. We cannot We must be a church of faith. Remember that one time you spoke, Nate? All right, get it back. Go find it. If you've dropped it, go find it. If you look at it only once every other week, start looking at it every day, every week. Go find it. Those of you with some age on, remember what God has done in your life. Remember how people would say, you'll never make it in God. There's no way. There's no way new hope's going to make it. There's no way it can. And yet here we are. We're still standing after 24 years, still attempting to try to serve God and live for God, staying away from foolish doctrines when they come hundreds at a time. Stand before God. Call out for your faith. I don't care how many times we hear the story about Jennifer and Ann. I don't care. Call out. Forget the statistics. Your God doesn't care about statistics. You and God are a majority. Call. Call out to God, Barb. Kim, call out to God. Get your faith back. Find it. Say, God, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord Jesus. Help me, oh God. God, I've got to walk in the power and the admonition of God. Call out to God and say, God, give me back my boldness, Lord. I no longer say anything about you, God. I don't talk to anybody about you, Lord. Lord, give me my boldness back. Get your eyes off your own circumstances. Get your eyes off the little cruise of oil and the little bit of meal and get your eyes upon God. Get your eyes upon God. God will feed you. God will give you a meal in the wilderness. Trust God. Do the work of God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Even when you go to work, be an excellent worker. Be an excellent worker. But go as an evangelist. Walk in those places and say, God, show me the lost. Look beyond their hard faces. Look beyond their sharp, cursing words and mockery. Look beyond it. God, show me their hearts. God, use this church again to believe for a revival. God, if we're the only church in America, Lord, help us to stay strong and believe in you. Do not go to the grave mediocre. Do not go to the grave giving up. Do not go to the grave saying, why? Why pray? Why waste my breath? Do not. Stir yourself, saints. God tells us to stir ourselves up. Stir ourselves up. Quit laying down defeated and lost. Could be consumed in your own life, your own children, your own bills. Oh, don't stick your finger in the face of God. Don't be faithless. Believe if thou canst believe. if you will see the glory of God you spend time with God in the word of God you'll come out spitting faith you'll come out believing no matter what dies around you how many give up beside you you will continue to believe but you must spend time with God that's where it's at That's where God will pour it in. Stop being robbed of your time with God. And when we come and pray together, stop talking to each other. Talk to God. Call out to God. That's where faith will be poured out, that's where faith will grow faith grows little by little it grows